Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, my name is Thomas Dinas, and this is the Delicious Legacy Podcast. I'm glad to have you back for another gastronomical adventure. This time we're not going to ancient Greece though, well, not per se, technically, but I've chosen a subject uh, close to my heart, still traditional and still time-honored, and of course this subject will come as no surprise to those of you who know me well, personally, and of course won't come as a surprise to those of you who, who have read my posts on Patreon or on Twitter, and to those of you who have listened to the podcast regularly, and generally listening to what ha- what's been uh, happening in my head uh, the past uh, 16 months. And the subject relates to traditional feasts, of course, as it's near this time of the year for the Greek Orthodox Easter. As you may know, this Sunday, 2nd of May, is Easter. And that makes me very, very excited, to be honest. And uh, because it's a time of uh, uh, celebrations and big feasts and mainly, well, barbecue. Let's be honest here. That's one of my favorite endeavors in life (laughs) in general. Traditionally, Easter, of course, is a a movable celebration. Hence, uh, this year is 2nd of May. But since this is what exactly happening with uh, the Catholic Easter, then why the Greek one falls so long after? What's going on here? Well, the Eastern Orthodox Easter is um, quite old school, let's say. It still follows the ancient Roman Julian calendar uh, to calculate when uh, the Sunday, the Easter Sunday is. And moreover, it has to fall after the Jewish Passover, as it's in the Easter story where Jesus uh, celebrates Passover before his death. The date for Easter is set on the first full moon after the spring equinox. So whatever historical or religious reasons, the fact remains that it's this Sunday and I'm very, very eager for it. And the reason, of course, for this is that I'll be making my favorite kebab, kokoretsi. Today's episode is brought to you with the amazing support of Maltby and Greek, the UK's leading Greek delicatessen, supplier and distributor of premium Greek produce. Be it wine, herbs, cheeses or olive oil, from all over the wild corners of the country, 
and working directly with small artisan producers. Why not try Alpha Estate Assyrtiko wine, a rich and complex white wine from the north of Greece, paired with some of the Kurunyotis Graviera cheese, a spicy, balanced hard cheese from Peloponnese, made with sheep's and goat's milk from a small-scale dairy in the mountains of Arcadia. Or be more adventurous. Why not try the Varuvakis Organic Smoked Siglino, smoked using olive wood and flavored with pepper and cumin. Siglino is a pork meat that can be compared to French roulettes and is delicious spread onto toast, but also often used in omelettes, pasta, chickpea soup and risottos and paired with an exceptional red wine like the Alpha State Red Syrah Merlot Xenomavro. Whatever you need, Malbin Greek has you covered. You can shop online and have the exquisite goods delivered to your doorstep across the UK, or you can visit the shop at Art17 Apollo Business Park, Lucy Way, SC16 4ET, Bermondsey, London. Malbin Greek the one-stop shop for your Greek fix. And this is what this episode is all about. Cocorecci and its various forms and guises all over, um, well, the Mediterranean, let's say, but as also it has been attested in antiquity. Greece and Rome, Byzantium, and also we'll see similar dishes all along the Mediterranean, at least ones that um, bear a resemblance to Cocorecci or made as a nofal kebab, which is made with the, the entrails and the offal of, of uh, usually sheep and goat and lamb. At least, uh, at least these are the most common um, animals well, which uh, we use the offals for, for the cocorecci. Now, I totally understand. It isn't a very popular subject uh, in the English-speaking world or in North Europe in general. But as a traditional food and a form of a dish that is popular, if not all over the rest of the world, at least uh, in the Mediterranean, this is something worth exploring. And of course, if you're a fan of the nose-to-tail eating concept, then you should try it, or at least appreciate it, especially since uh, the meat here in the UK is both delicious and produced generally to the highest uh, welfare standards. And of course, a third reason is that it's suitably expensive, meat in general here, so why not make use of the whole animal? It would be a shame not to use it. And talking about the rest of the world, I think there are many, many cultures that eat and celebrate intestines and offal and tripe and so on throughout Asia and Africa. But today we will focus on the Eastern Mediterranean and the Balkans. And so to our subject. Kokoreci is the ultimate kebab. The first love that lasts forever. It's delicious. It's bloody, and it requires patience and knowledge. And this is why I'm dedicating a whole episode for it. Real heroes don't wear capes. They make cocorecci. And for this reason, I will have to say thanks to my father, 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Harris. According to some sources, Kokoretsi was known to ancient Greeks. The so-called Garduba and Plekti, which means knitted, has reference to Homeric epics. The method of preparation wasn't much different from today. To make Kokoretsi, they used to marinate the intestines in vinegar, water and honey. Presumably, vinegar acted as an antiseptic and dehydrated the intestines from fats, while honey created a caramelized crust when uh, one was roasting uh, the intestines. While lamb or goat was roasting on the spit, ancient Greeks dipped a branch of pine in juices of unripe grapes and unripe plums and brushed the meat with it, giving it a special taste of fruit and resin. The name Kokoretsi, many claim, is dating back at the Byzantine times, and it has um, roots and connotations throughout the Balkans, with the Albanians, Bulgarians and Turks claiming uh, meaning on the different dialects and languages. Uh, that's something we, we cannot be sure, and we're not entirely sure where the word Kokoretsi comes from, or at least I haven't heard um, some credible explanations for it. But regardless of that, today the dish is very popular in the Turkish and Greek local cuisines. It used to be a very, very specific, like a Greek Easter dish, but now you can find it almost in every Greek taverna or grill house the whole year. And yeah, restaurants and tavernas, especially in um, main, central mainland Greece, but because in Stereia Elada, or Rumelia, as it used to be called, the meat is so important... Um, you will find it there in tavernas all year round. And of course, needless to say that um, uh, in my family, whenever there is a big celebration, we do make um, a kokoretsi. So we will have it for Christmas. We will have a Christmas barbecue with uh, our pork roasting on the spit and we'll have uh, some kokoretsi on the other barbecue going on. And for Easter... And for first of May, early May bank holiday, or a big birthday, and so on. Any excuse, basically, in my family to do kokoretsi. Uh, what can I say? We like it. Anyway, um, let's, let's go back a little bit to ancient Greece and see the connection of um, kokoretsi and generally roasting um, meats in antiquity. The connection here is... Quite important because um, generally offal and intestines, uh, they were considered part of the sacrificial rituals. Uh, Greeks, ancient Greeks were very religious and uh, superstitious people and they wanted always to ask the gods for a favor and secondly to please them so there would, there would be some sacrifice. And usually the blood of the sacrificed animal was poured on the ground. Then um, the splachna, which is the vital organs, uh, these organs were roasted, tasted by the participants in the sacrifice, and shared with the god. The offal will burn on the fire, because the burning of the fat and part of the offal gave a wonderful odor that they said it pleased the gods. And um, those usually eaten from, from humans were uh, the liver and the heart. Lungs and spleen, and according to some classifications, 
kidneys uh, were also included in the feast. Of course, there's another explanation that the offal will, will burn for the gods and uh, be charred and stuff, and um, people will eat uh, the, the meat. But um, some people uh, would, uh, would come late to the ceremony, as you would find uh, people always do. They tend to be late, so there wouldn't be any meat left, so they would have to eat um, the offal. And they found um, that um, if you started wrapping them with the intestines uh, on a spit, and then they found that they, they, they created the most tasty meze of all times. Um, and even today, especially today, I mean, if you if you ever meet a Greek feast, Easter feast especially, when the kokoretsi cooks uh, over the fire, fills the air the, with uh, the most God-pleasing aroma. In Rome, an approximate uh, Latin equivalent is exta, which denotes um, in Roman sacrifice were used in making uh, predictions. In ancient Greek sacrificial practice, the animal was killed at an altar. A share was offered to the god, the splachna were tested, a share was reserved to the magiros, which is the cook sacrificer, or the priest, if uh, the priest was officiating. And the offal were retained and uh, in due course uh, cooked and of course often sold to, to the people coming into the ceremony. Most of the rest of the muscle meat was shared equally among the participants, but you would find that, um, as, uh, as it's been quoted in a proverb by Plutarch, who was a, a big um, ancient Greek writer, um, and we have uh, lots of, uh, of books uh, survived from him, and he was also, and he was also a priest in, uh, in Delphi, uh, he was saying that after sacrificing at Delphi, you must buy your own meat for dinner which probably means that uh, the shrines were very busy and the priests uh, were eating and any chance arrivals were coming. They were nearly taking all the meat that one was sacrificing. In contrast to the Greek religious um, superstition, uh, Roman sacrifices were made for two main reasons. Principally, in a, in a big religious calendar date and so to observe a religious, a religious calendar and to ascertain the will of the gods concerning a crucial decision. Skilled seers did the sacrifice by examining the animal's liver and other vital organs after sacrifice. The sharing of the remaining meat among the participants, as in the Greek sacrifice, was an important matter. Now, the main problem for Greek and uh, Roman gastronomes was that uh, the meat, as we know, is not at its best for eating immediately after the slaughter. And Plutarch, again, discusses how this problem might be alleviated by hanging the meat briefly in a fig tree before cooking. Of course, what's another solution? What tastes the best when fresh? Offal and entrails, of course. Pig's liver, cooked between two dishes, is mentioned by Aristophanes in Thesmophoriazuse. It could be it could also be roasted whole, wrapped in coal fat, and appeared on menus under the name of bashful liver, perhaps because it hid in its wrappings. Well, according to some sources, uh, obviously I cannot verify them myself, um, if they're real or not, two ancient Greek actors made name for themselves as meat eaters. One was a woman, Aglaïs, who could eat 10 pounds of meat at a sitting, washed down with six jugs of wine. Her colleague, Thangon, astonished the emperor Aurelian 
by consuming before his eyes a whole wild boar, sheep, pig, and sucking pig, and drinking the contents of a cask of wine with them. The Emperor Maximus himself, a colossus, kept up his strength by eating 40 pounds of meat a day. Again, I think some people's love for barbecue and roasted meat in general, it can be quite excessive and I, I don't condone it. Moving later on in um, the Byzantine Empire, um, the Alandopole, who were the sellers of meat, they also sold Hordé and Hordrokilitsa, preparations made using the intestines, stomachs, lungs and liver mainly of sheep, something like our modern-day Garduba or Kokoreci. Throughout the Balkans and Anatolia, which were the core of the Eastern Roman Empire, or Byzantium as we know it, that's what's today the countries of Greece, Turkey, Albania and so on, uh, they used uh, the small intestine of sheep and goats, which was obviously thoroughly cleaned first, and then was cooked as plectin, which means twisted, or coiled around pieces of meat and entrails, and then put on the spit to make a type of kokoretsi. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So we do have a few dishes from antiquity and Byzantium over a thousand years ago that gives us a type of proto-cocoretti, the story behind it, how, how it was used, uh, how the entrails were used and how it was made. Now let's see a, a modern uh, traditional dish uh, from uh, Sardinia, which is called Satratalia. And um, Satratalia is a typical dish of, of the Sardinian agropastoral tradition where all the entrails of the lamb are used. Um, this seems um, 
to be more of the real flavor of Sardinia, which um, doesn't appear so much from the from the famous porchetto, the traditional suckling pig that is slowly roasted over open flame, and it's something that Sardinia is famed for. But much more from much more emerges from uh, Satratalia, a recipe that even tastes like history with its hearty ingredients, strong flavors. Apparently, throughout the island, you can find different variants of Satratalia. But the most recognizable is the recipe that comes from one of Sardinian's northeastern areas, Ogliastra. The ingredients include the heart, lung, liver, spleen, and small intestine, and coal fat. They also serve slices of pork fat and slices of bread along with it. In general, lamb entrails are always used for this dish. Basically, all these pieces are left over from the slaughter of the sheep and would be otherwise discarded. So instead, the entrails are roasted on a spit tied with the intestine of the lamb itself. But first, it is wrapped in a layer of fat. How to make satratalia? Satratalia is, uh, it takes time to, <laughs> to make because uh, the entrails must be carefully washed first in, uh, with vinegar. If you want to, you can leave them soak in vinegar for a few minutes. Soak in vinegar and warm water. Then each portion of meat must be cut evenly and no larger than the palm of your hand. Take the spit and put a slice of lard on, followed by the heart, the lung, then the liver and finally the spleen. Then you start again in the same pattern, perhaps alternating a piece of bread with each block. Once you have finished the entrails, take the small intestine and weave it around the meat using the coal fat as sort of a narrow net called sanapa in Sardinian dialect. At the end of this phase, you can put it on the spit over the flame for about two hours, turning slowly. After cooking the meat, salt it and satratalia is ready. And you get a dish with a robust taste and aroma that should be served hot, resting on large slices of bread to absorb the fat and flavor of the roast and juniper twigs. This sounds to me so similar to Kokoreci and makes me very excited <laughs> because uh, I haven't had it before. And um, finding about it and finding how they do it in Sardinia in a very, very similar manner and the look and appearance looks pretty much like what we do in Greece. It just, um, it's amazing how food and these traditional robust um, dishes bring uh, cultures together. Um, another Italian um, delicacy that uh, resembles cocorecci is tornicelli, which is um, stuffed lamb intestines originating from Molise. Uh, a suckling lamb's entrails are first cleaned with salt and water, and then they are left to soak for at least one day with a few changes of water. The stomachs and sweetbreads are cleaned and chopped, then transformed into a filling with carrots, onions and parsley. This combination of stuff is then stuffed into, into the intestine, torcinello, which is cooked, chopped and used to make a hearty sauce with tomatoes, onions, basil and parsley. The sauce is served over homemade pasta, especially fusilli. However, the torcinello can also be grilled whole over coals. And in Palermo, in um, Sicily, there's another one called, another dish called stigiola, which is a staple a street food. Uh, consisting of lamb, goat or chicken intestines that are skewered or wrapped around onions or leeks. And these prepared skewers uh, are then grilled, served cut into small bite-sized pieces. 
Originally developed as a frugal meal, Stigiola uh, nowadays represents um, an authentic uh, local specialty. The dish is sold uh, by street vendors, by the way, who are found at various local markets. When served, uh, Stigiola is served uh, hot with lemon wedges. I want to go to Turkey now and um, talk about kokoreç, which is a delicious food that is made from uh, lamb sweetbread, small intestine and large intestine. After all the ingredients cleaned and rinsed, it is wrapped into cast iron skewer and then cooked on charcoal grill. Once it cooks on charcoal fire, it is served with bread or on a plate with various spice seasonings. Kokoreç uh, is widely consumed in Turkey, Azerbaijan, and other Turkic, uh, Turkic countries. Uh, there's no specific evidence when it was first found and involved in Turkish cuisine. Uh, as I said, um, it was eaten throughout the Byzantine Empire and um, Anatolia was part of, of that and now it's part of Turkey. So people continue with this tradition, I guess. And uh, the crucial difference um, between the Turkish and the Greek one is that in Turkey, they only use the small intestine the large intestine and the sweet bread to make it. Uh, no other additional ingredients. Still a tasty and tasty delicious delicacy on every street corner in Istanbul. The Greek kokoreci is uh, it's pretty much associated with the culture of the shepherds and animal husbandry and um, by the trade that always these people uh, used to earn the, li- the livelihoods. And um, of course these people, they savoured meat of, of any kind and um, kokoreci was so important in Rumeli and meat in general as I said and uh, there is the the funny story that um, after the beef um, the beef scare in uh, Britain the, the mad cow disease in the 1990s when uh, the European Union banned the sale of um, offal from animals more than a year old there was a big uproar in Greece at the time, and uh, I think it was a, it was a few months before Easter when all this um, um, <laughs> tragedy happened, and uh, there was a, there was such a strong public outcry where Greeks they didn't want to to lose their kokoreci. So basically, apparently, it didn't pass in Greece. So we still eat kokoreci all over Greece. <laughs> For, the, for our traditional Easter table. Now, the general recipe that I want to share with you for kokoreci, how we make it in uh, Greece and in my family at least, is, is the following. So for an for a iron skewer, which is about 70-75 centimeters long, you will need um, about 2 kilos of plaque, which by plaque would denote um, the lung, liver, heart of the animal. So you will need about 2 kilos of that about two and a half to three kilos of intestines cleaned and about uh, 600 to 700 grams of sweetbreads and two small lambs coal fat. You'll make, some, you'll make a mixture of salt and seasoning. Uh, I usually use salt, pepper and, uh, and about... And, and some traces of, of any other kind of um, herb and spice that you like. So a tiny bit of cumin, slight, uh, a pinch of uh, mustard, a tiny bit of um, 
basil or dry basil or dry mint and lots of uh, oregano, of course. So what we do is obviously we first clean the intestines uh, only three times. We wash them only three times inside. It doesn't need anymore. And definitely you don't need to turn the inside out because this is make, makes them slippery and difficult to handle and you're losing all the fat in the fire when it's been roasted. So you're losing all the flavor of it. Wash it in the sink, warmish water, three times, clean three times inside, and then uh, for the liver, heart, lung, and sweetbreads, we cut them in equal pieces, in pieces of equal size, after, of course, we wash them, and then we are um, seasoning them very well with, with the mixture. It's about, you know, four teaspoons of, of the mixture of herbs and salt that we have, uh, for the lung, liver, lungs, liver, and um, heart, and about one, one and a half uh, teaspoons for the sweetbreads, and then of course, of course you, you make sure you put it slowly and you keep mixing, so the the salt and the seasoning will go in all our uh, mix, and um, you take your your iron skewer and you start by putting a heart piece of heart on the. You start with a piece of heart at the bottom, sweetbread, liver, sweetbread, lung, sweetbread, liver, sweetbread, and every now and then a piece of heart. You continue with this uh, combination and then you finish at the very end with another heart, with another piece of heart. Uh, you make sure it's nice and tight, so you kind of squeeze slightly and gently the whole um, the whole kebab together, all the pieces together, so they be, they are tight, and then you have your coal fat, which you have dipped in warm water, so you are able to open it like a net, like a very fine thin see-through net, uh, and you can wrap your kokoretsi around it. So once you have this protective net around the the liver, lung, and sweetbreads, then it's time to put the intestines on. You wrap it around the intestines and it's ready for the barbecue. On the barbecue, usually this long, um, on these long um, charcoal uh, barbecues, we put about five kilos of um, charcoal for it. And then and the cocoretsu will be ready at maximum two and a half hours. Probably needs uh, less, like uh, two hours max, usually. But uh, the clue is that you will see it kind of uh, getting foamy, like boiling, and fo- gets foamy on the outside. That means when the when the piece that piece of our long kebab is ready. Yeah, when it's ready, when you see it, it's ready and it's foamy. And if you want, you can leave it a few more minutes um, in a lower s- scale, nearer to the charcoal, so you can give it a bit of color if you want to give it a nice color, crispy and colored uh, intestines. And then once that's ready. You rub it in foil and you let it. You put it out. Uh, you take it out of the of the fires because you don't want it to be too dry. Right, and I will leave you with um, a lovely recipe from uh, Sally Granger, um, who is uh, an expert in ancient Roman cooking, and uh, this is one of her favorite one of her favorite recipes from Apicius, um, our uh, lovely, fantastic. Uh, gourmet from uh, ancient Rome. This recipe is included in her book, The Classical Cookbook. And um, what she says is that uh, for her, 
this confirms the notion that uh, the Roman slave cooks were skilled in their craft of producing great food, combining flavors, and making exceptionally fine food. These uh, recipes for stuffed kidneys, and of course, kidney is quite strongly flavored compared to the other offal, but um, the mixture of, of fennel seed and coriander, it's a very good match for it. So the ingredients are two level teaspoons of fennel seed, a generous amount of, fresh, of freshly ground black pepper, a large handful of fresh coriander, 100 grams of pine kernels, eight lamb kidneys, enough cold fat to cover all the kidneys, one tablespoon of fish sauce, and olive oil to fry. So the instructions are dry roast the fennel and grind to a fine powder with the pepper. Put this with the coriander and pine kernels in a food processor and process until a firm paste is formed. Do not overmix at this stage or the oil in the nuts will leach out and make the stuffing oily. Cut each kidney almost in half, leaving a little flesh to hold them together. Remove their cores. Fill each cleaned kidney with a generous amount of stuffing and fold the two halves back together. Wrap each kidney in the coal fat to secure the stuffing. Trim any excess. Shallow fry in a little olive oil to seal and brown the coal fat and then roast in medium oven, 190 degrees, until well done. Sprinkle a little fish sauce over them in the dish. Slice the whole kidneys in two to three pieces and serve hot with warm bread. Don't forget to add the juices from the pan. They are super tasty. Alternatively, cut the kidneys in half completely, place stuffing in the hollow and wrap each piece in cold fat so the stuffing is secure. Thread them on a skewer and cook them on the barbecue until crisp and well done. And that's the apicious recipe for stuffed kidneys on the barbecue or in the oven. Fantastic. Right, and uh, that's all for today's short bonus episode about my favorite and many, many Greeks' favorite uh, Easter meze, Kokoretsi. I hope I gave you a small idea and some inspiration on how to cook with offal. And seriously, the taste is really, really good. And the flavor and quality of uh, the British lamb and goat are incredible. You will be missing out if you don't try some of that. I mean, let's be honest, even Zeus, the leader of the gods, rust uh, down from Mount Olympus, taste mankind's uh, barbecue. After, of course, he gave them the gift of fire. So, <laughs> who are you to doubt a god? And in fact, Zeus. Thanks for listening. Right. At this point, I would love to thank all my Patreon backers and uh, their, their contribution to make this podcast uh, happening. And I hope you enjoy your Easter weekend or your, your 1st of May bank holiday Monday weekend. And uh, yeah, if the weather is uh, allowing it, why not try and cook something with a barbecue? Something awful in the barbecue. I would like especially to give thanks to Richard Bignell and his studio Area 18 in uh, North Acton, West London, because he gave me access to record my vocals in his studio. So thank you, Richard, if you're listening. 
and thank you all. Thank you. Thanks and thanks to the rest of you for listening. I've been Thomas Dinas and this is the Delicious Legacy Podcast. Have a lovely weekend. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 